every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the house. Your weekend wake-up tradition. Country boys and girls getting down on the farm. Come on around back, Arizona. It is Saturday morning, first Saturday of the month, September 4th. 8 o'clock, our outdoor living hour. That means we are talking farm fresh commodities that are coming out of our local farmers and ranchers. Agriculture is a $23 billion industry to our local economy. And our goal with this broadcast, the first Saturday of every month, is to connect you, the Arizona consumer, with local commodities coming out of our farms, our ranches, connecting you to the food on your plate that you eat. Uh, The more local we can get, the better sourced it is, the fresher it is, the better overall for the economy it is, the less transportation it has to go through. And today, We've got a new guest uh, that we've never had before. And of course, always in this broadcast, we've got Julie Murphy, spokeswoman for the Arizona Farm Bureau, who brings in one of our local farmers or ranchers. And uh, we've got a, a really fun guest today, and I'm really excited about uh, about this lineup because it's a place I've loved for years. Oh, I love it. It's historical. Uh, good morning, Romy. Yes. Um, I'll launch right into that. My guest is Mandy Kirkendall. She would be the third generation of the Apple Annie's, to me, world-famous, at least Arizona-famous Apple Annie's of Cochise County. Welcome, Mandy. Hey, thank you. Good morning. So we're going to launch right into this because we have a lot to learn about your family and the four generations that are at the farm so tell us about Apple Annie's. For a lot of our listeners, they've probably shown up for the the pumpkin festival and all that fun stuff, but we kind of want to, you know, boots on the ground. Tell us about your family. Yeah, let's go to the, get into the history of it. So uh, my parents both grew up in uh, the Phoenix area, and um, my dad uh, graduated from ASU, and they worked for um, the Game and Fish Department, Arizona Game and Fish, and he was based in Tucson for a little bit, and he got an opportunity to uh, transfer to Wilcox. And they'd never been to this part of the state, and they, they came and looked at everything out here and saw there was these just beautiful apple orchards everywhere. And this was in the, um, in the late 70s uh, when they moved out here, and um, apples were the thing to get into. They were doing them wholesale. Arizona apples were, was a, a brand. Um, back then, and so they transferred to Wilcox and planted uh, 6,000 apple trees in the early 80s, knowing absolutely nothing about farming, nothing about fruit trees, and you know had to learn as as they went. So um, they worked with my uh, my dad's parents planting the trees, and when the trees started producing in 1986, the wholesale apple industry had kind of gone down. And, um, and that's a, all these trees. A point I and, want to elaborate on that a lot of people don't think about. When you think farmers, a lot of times your you know your crops that year and alfalfa you're harvesting you know anywhere from six to ten times a year depending on your elevation. When you're going into just tree farming and orchards, it's years before the produce comes. So you've got the infrastructure costs, you've got the planting costs, you've got the maintenance and the uh, insect control, and it's years before you get to cash out on your first crop. And like you said, with the alfalfa, you're harvesting all year. The apples, or they keep growing, the apple trees, they come off once a year. So if you have frost or um, some sort of disease out there, you're done for the year. Your crop's over. 
So it's, it's a risky business, and they hadn't really looked into it. Well, here's our farm hat salute to your parents for, you know, in the 80s in Arizona, not exactly a, a, a period of our time known for economic boom, and they're out there putting this huge investment in. Our hat's off to them. And go devils to your dad, since you said he was from <laughs> ASU. I'm an ASU kid yeah, myself. I had to throw and, that in. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and I love so the, what your web story says. It kind of ties into what we're discussing. When we planted that first set of apple trees, we asked God for his blessing and guidance in this new venture, but we never envisioned the plans that he had for us. We planned for a commercially harvested crop. Again, that's kind of what you were talking about. But his plans were for us to share our orchard, the farm experience, and the lifestyle that we love with the thousands of families from around the state. So the retail farm focus was born. Uh, what else inspired that? Mostly we because... In, we were in California visiting a family member, and they took us to an apple orchard. And um, I, I mean, I was, I was probably five, so I don't really remember this part of it. But I know that's when they were like, we can do this. So, I mean, we didn't have everything that we have at our fingertips now, social media, the internet, anything. So we took out like a classified ad in the paper where you like put where your yard sale was and put apple picking in our address out here. And I don't know how people found it out here, um, but they did. And they started showing up and we were selling apples out of our um, carport for 25 cents a pound. And on Sundays, we'd go to church. So we'd leave a little um, bucket out with a sign that said, you know, weigh your own apples and leave your money here. Oh, awesome. So now a fourth generation, now getting started in the family business. So is the next generation as keenly interested as the current generation in managing it? Um, I don't know if they're they're ready to think about managing it, but they certainly, uh, my son works um, at the farm. I'm always at the orchard, so my son has to work at the farm because he's 12. He can't work around mom because it just doesn't work out. And same with my niece and nephew. When they're ready to start working, they have to come to the orchard and work with me instead of working with their parents. We'll swap them out. Um, but yeah, the kids all love working there. They're here you know, every day with us during the summer, um, working out. I mean, my son can tell you more about apple trees than I know. And um, it, it definitely is a family affair. I One of the things I love, Mandy, because this, besides here hosting you on Rosie on the House... You've been on our Talk to a Farmer Friday twice now, I believe, that mm-hmm. we do the Instagram Live on um, our Instagram account. And I love how you go around everywhere. It's just what you guys have done over the years and what families can experience on the farm is just amazing. It is. It's grown tremendously over the years. We've really been looking back on it a lot <laughs> lately and looking in you know towards the future and what we what changes we want to do and looking at what we learned and what we've failed at <laughs> um trying new things and and we're even retrying things that we've tried in the past now um, so it didn't work out but now it's a better timing and we have um, more people into it now family members that weren't involved before and things so, look better so here's something fun too that i discovered obviously you and your brother you started pretty little if i have the details right he was baking the apples with mom, and Mandy, you were the sales clerk. 
It says yeah. at six. You've got to tell it's us about six. that. Isn't that funny? And I would get so mad because customers would come and, you know, uh, I was, we were homeschooled. I'll put that out there. So we, you know, we could work all season long and we would adjust our school accordingly. And we really focused on math. I know we really, you know, worked on the, you know, change and things like that. So I was, I was good at it. And people would always question me and make me go get an adult to come. Not, not, not always. <laughs> get an adult to come calculated. I'm like, come on, guys. It's 25 cents a pound. I can figure this out. Oh, I love it. So Apple Annie's, everyone can go to the web and find out. But when do you, what are your hours, especially as we move into the fall? It's too hot for us to even imagine that right now. But kind of give us the lowdown. Hours of operation, well, all that fun stuff. Now that you mentioned that, you know, we are at 4,300 feet. So we are a good 10 to 15 degrees cooler Yay. Um, here in Wilcox or high desert. Um, but we are open seven days a week, July through October. Um, our hours are kind of all over the place, depending which location. Um, we haven't even got into that. We have three different locations. But um, starting in the fall, you asked about fall hours. We're open every day from 9 to 530. So it's a busy time, and even though we may not here in the Valley be enjoying the the weather as much as you are in Wilcox, at least, you know, we can anticipate this. And this is when you're probably, I'm sure your largest attendance is during the October time frame because we've yeah. got the pumpkin harvest, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yep, we start um, like the third weekend in September with pumpkins and runs all the way through October. And that's, by, yeah, by far the busiest time of our our season in the most fun part. So you have three locations. Talk about that. So we have our original location, our fruit orchard. And then in, I don't even know the year off the top of my head, just over 20 years ago, we got the opportunity to purchase another farm that had been um, a pick-your-own-vegetable farm and pumpkins. And um, it had been an established business. They um family all moved away they didn't keep it running and it was closed for a few years and we were able to buy that and open that up and that's apple Annie's produce and pumpkins and we have sweet corn summer squash green beans tomatoes all the good vegetables and then we'll get, that's where we have our pumpkin festival and corn maize in so, the fall. so that's, that's kind two of, locations yeah, i'm that's still two, waiting on a third yeah, what's oh, the third one <laughs> wait we're ready for that that's our newest one it's not as new anymore. I still think of it as my baby, though, because it was my project. And we bought, um, oh, gosh, nine years ago now, this old South Cider Mill. And farm years, that nine is new. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess all these some farms are centuries old. So nine years ago, we got the opportunity to buy um, South Cider Mill location the empty building they've been closed for years but that's a a name everybody recognizes not a day goes by that we don't have people come in asking for you know i remember years ago when i used to come through here so we're right off i-10 in wilcox so it's a great location and it's open year round and we do all of our baked goods there we have a gift shop we do lunches monday through friday over there um so the reality is you are open year round mm -hmm. so there you go um (laughs) How many varieties of the apples and the peaches? I know when we think about this, we think about, and in just a few um, seconds, we can kind of describe the variety of apples and peaches. But how many you're yes. asking? Yes, and, and some of the varieties. Some of the varieties. Okay. On peaches, we have over 20 varieties of peaches, but the bottom line is they are all a freestone, and about 18 varieties are yellow flesh and two are white flesh peaches. So they're all good for cooking. All the yellow flesh are great for cooking and baking. 
then the white ones are mostly good for eating. Um, and people do have some of their favorites, like O. Henry's a really popular one, or J.H. Hale, if people get into the names of them. But to me, all the peaches are the same. They don't have the different, like the apples do, the different varieties. And because you're a different elevation, your harvest time is different than what we're used to in the lower elevations. We'll jump into those harvest times of peaches right after this. We can do a lot. We can't stop the clock. You are the Welcome back to Rosie on the House. If you're just joining us, we're talking apples today, farm fresh. And Julie Murphy, spokeswoman for Arizona Farm Bureau, and with us along with Mary Kirkendall of Apple Annie's out of Wilcox. And apples, to me, uh, are only two varieties because that's all that grows at the Whitman Plantation. You've got the Golden Door sets and the Anna apples. And our harvest for that is over by about July 1st. What's your apple harvest in Wilcox? We're at the, the high elevation here, and our fruit comes off starting um, apples generally by the middle of July we start picking, but we have them all the way through October. What about peaches? I've, what, Maybe, what's yeah. the peach harvest in Wilcox seasonally? Our peach harvest starts about usually the second week in July, and it just totally depends on the weather. It can throw it off by a week or so easily, um, but usually the second week in July, and we will have different varieties coming off through usually mid-September. That's when we have a great harvest. Last year, we lost them all to frost. This year, we had a fantastic peach crop. And on July 18th, monsoon storm came in and like three storms met up right over the orchard and hailed on us. And we lost the, the rest of the peach, the peach crop. Mm. Um, there's still a, some out there and we'll have some coming up in September that, that were small enough that they didn't get as damaged. But we thought it was going to be a great peach year, and just like that, in an hour it was lost. Oh, life and times of our farm families, for oh. sure. Mm-hmm. And on that point, with some trivia with our, especially apples, since we're celebrating Apple Month, uh, Arizona apples are sweeter overall, uh, some of our extension agents like to claim, than just about any other state because they love the sun. Our 300-plus days of sun produce some very sweet fruit, and that includes the Granny Smith apple that most people think is sour and tart. The Arizona Granny Smith apple has a sweet tartness to it. And then because of our climate, our apple harvests get a three to four week jump on the market oftentimes. And we grow a variety of apples, the delicious, the gala, the Fuji, Fuji, the pink lady, sundowner, and Granny Smith. So, and you have a variety of them. I, I remember the times back-to-back, I think, back-to-back seasons. I went out with family, and we picked in your orchards, and you have just delicious apples, like we are already known for. Right, Mandy? Yeah, yeah, we do. Our apples, like, they hang on the tree, especially those Granny Smiths. By the end of the season, we'll start picking those um, here coming up pretty soon, and we'll have them through October. And by the end of October, those are so sweet. They've been hanging there and all the sun on them. They, yeah, you get a sweet bite out of them. It's amazing. This is awesome. Um, certainly, Apple Annie's is known for their apples and their peaches. But And you've made reference to it, the other farm that the family purchased, so that you could do more vegetables. So if I go to your farm stand or the... The store, I know that I have access to some homegrown vegetables also. Talk a little bit about that. What all are you growing? Uh, give us the lowdown. We have about 100 acres over there of um, 
bell peppers, jalapenos, green chilies. The tomatoes are fantastic this year. Um, that's one of those crops you never know how that's going to turn out. Some years they don't produce nearly as many, but we have tons this year. Summer squash, sweet corn. Um, we're almost, we're going to be wrapping up our sweet corn season in the next couple weeks. Um, and then we're going to be getting into later um, in the month, we'll be getting into the pumpkins and we go into winter vegetables. We'll have broccoli. We have beets planted. We've never done those before. We'll see how those turn out. Um, zucchini. I'm sorry, not zucchini. Um, spaghetti squash, acorn squash. All of those will be coming off in October. So, Mandy, I know you know this trivia question, but I'm going to test Romy and see if he knows it. There's only one apple, we're told by the experts, that's native to North America. And Mandy of Aplanis, I know she knows, but... Romy, do you? Only because I read your talking points ahead of time, so I won't steal the spotlight like I know the answer to that. I read the answer yesterday. <laughs> the crab apple, so, which I think is interesting when you continue to go down our statistics, our facts, the variety, uh, that something like 100 varieties of apples are grown commercially in the United States. Mm-hmm. And, but one of the special things about farms like Apple Annie's, sometimes you guys will feature or um, highlight some of those varieties that aren't as common in the stores, correct? Well, we have the ones, we have, I call them the older, the more traditional apples that, that are, that you can't find those, some of them anymore. Um, you know, they're really into Honeycrisp and these opals and things like that that we can't grow here in our climate um, in Arizona, even though we are, um, we can grow some apples in some parts of the state. A lot of the state can't grow any of them. But so we have those, Basic, back-to-basic apples, I like to say. <laughs> well, knowing that you've got such a variety of things that people have an opportunity to enjoy when they come to Apple Annie's, what do you tell families to kind of highlight? Well, kids, I mean, and adults alike, love to see where their stuff is, their food is coming from. So you just, you know, kids get so excited to pick their own free fruit or even their vegetables, even if they don't like vegetables. People tell us if they can pick their own, they're so excited to go home and cook it and eat it and then adults that maybe um remember going to visit their grandparents on a farm and it brings back memories or you know the older generations coming out that grew up on a farm back wherever and they just haven't been back out and they just love to come out and see that and it just brings back so many great memories and it builds new memories with the families we've been talking with Mandy Kirkendall of Apple Annie's out of Wilcox, Arizona, and we'll continue that conversation after bottom of the hour news along with some statistics on apples and apple nutrition and like the fact that, you know, an apple is a member of the Rose family. Welcome back to the farm, continuing our conversation with Julie Murphy, Arizona Farm Bureau's spokeswoman and special guest, Mandy Kirkendall of Apple Annie's. You've got a huge list of apple facts on here. One of the ones, you know, you always hear about 
George Washington and his cherry tree. Well, one of his hobbies was pruning his apple trees. Right, so I, I don't know if that love came from chopping down the cherry tree. <laughs> and he just realized you, you produce more fruit if you trim them instead of chopping them down in later years. Maybe that's what he figured out. They do say one of the varieties of apples, some of them are as small as cherries. So maybe history is not recording it correctly oh. and he actually maybe chopped down an apple tree. Yeah. Just a theory of mine. No. <laughs> Could be. And some of them get as large as a grapefruit. I've never seen an apple the size of a grapefruit. Definitely not an Arizona variety. And another fun fact that I like to share is apples are grown in all 50 states. I wonder if that was thanks to Johnny Appleseed who truly was part of American fo- folklore and went all over the country and planted apples. What do you think, Mandy? Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I wanted to launch into a, another curious question for you guys and the world of agritainment, as they called it, or as we currently called it, call it. What do you think sets Apple Annie's apart from the rest? We've, not, we've tried not to get in too much into entertainment. Um, we want it to be more educational, um, more about the experience of coming out and, and picking your own fruits and vegetables and spending a day out in the country um, where it's just a slower pace, things are quieter, cooler. So we've really focused on that over the years. We've added some things, you know, we have the corn maze, but that's still ag-related. Um, we've been adding different um concession type items we apple cider donuts we're going to be doing apple cider slushies this year but everything farm related well your apples your apple pies are famous and i didn't realize that your brother was so into baking and started out helping he came up with the recipe for the apple bread really how fun well when he was eight and so we've had to buy him out now so He's good. He's good. Oh, I love it. Well, there's one little trivia fact, even with Arizona Farm Bureau's history, which we are celebrating 100 years this year, by the way. Uh, Apple Annie's for years, we would buy all of, gosh, I don't know how many apples we bought. There's uh, 90 plus legislators, and we would buy a pie for each one of the legislators down at the Capitol and deliver those to the different representatives and senators and no, we weren't Love buying that. their vote, and it was under $25, so it was all good. But uh, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about delivering it the old-fashioned goose egg style with a big smack in the face. Oh, that, that would work, too. But uh, Apple Annie's forever partnered with us on that, and uh, Apple Annie's, they are members of the Arizona Farm Bureau. We like to try to cater to our farmers and ranchers throughout the state that are dedicated to the cause and helping us advance this $23.3 billion industry. And uh, so thank you to the family and to all the baking that everyone's done on our behalf. We haven't been presently doing that, not because, in fact, I the rumor has it the Apple Annie apples and those apple pies are just as good as ever. But um, we have kind of pivoted to a completely different approach with our legislators. And so unfortunately, because we usually always buy a few extra and then, and then the staff and everybody else that's delivering sure. them gets to enjoy them, too. But we've kind of changed how we're doing that. But I'm going to try to convince them we need to go back to Apple Annie's and buy 100-plus apple pies to deliver. Pies are popular. I have a few businesses that do that and give it to clients or to, to yeah. 
well, to vendors, things like that. It's a great gift. It really is a great gift. It's homegrown. It's local. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm-hmm. so many neat things that we can say about that. Well, you know, I want us to go back to a little bit more. What inspired your project of nine years ago to invest in that stout cedar mill? And tell us a little bit about what, and, and it is, everybody says it's a Wilcox landmark. That's why everybody knows about it. But uh, what can I expect if I go? So we wanted to bring over everything that we have, the retail part that we have here at the orchard and at the uh, produce farm. Is uh, We don't sell the fresh fruit or vegetables during the season. We had done that for a little bit, but that didn't, we want people to come to the farms and experience it. So we've been looking for a long time, for years, we talked about opening a year-round location to do this, to sell our, our pies and our apple bread and our jar goods at, and, you know, just to keep our name out there and something we want, a location by the freeway. And and finally, I mean, it years, we've been trying to, to either come up with a location, but that one just came up, um, and it was just perfect since it, you know, had the... Um, visibility off the freeway it had the had the name um, you know the recognition of course we changed it to Appalachian but just had that um, where people were just used to stopping there and it's been fantastic we have people that come back and forth so you know coming from LA to Florida you know I-10 we're right off I-10 so they stop in and each time they come back and forth to visit family or to do what whatever they're doing between El Paso and Phoenix I have people but they stop several times a year Um, and that's mostly what that business is now it's not I mean it does draw from the people that come out um, to the farms during the season but it has its own clientele and and we were just talking the other day how much our sales are different there compared to the orchard like apple bread and apple pies we can't keep up with them there oh really that's our hot item Mm -hmm. but the the neat thing is if you're not there for the peak of the season when you're harvesting so many of the fall vegetables and you're certainly having your pumpkin patch I can still come by it doesn't matter what time of year and that Mm -hmm. sounds like that's what this apple annies at the very landmark focused stout cider mill building can actually satisfy everything all year long you know the pies and, and everything that's made us famous so we need to make that point to everybody that's listening if uh if it's you know, early spring, early summer, and maybe you realize that you can't go to Apple Annie's for the pumpkin patch party, then you can make it to this area. Yeah, it's a beautiful day trip down here. It's I love the Wilcox pretty. area. Well, the mountain, the Cochise Mountains oh, down there, and the Chiricahuas, you know, the Cochise Last Stand and Geronimo's Range. I mean, it's still... Uh, undisturbed to this day in a lot of areas. It's like you're walking back into time. It's, oh, yeah, a, it's a beautiful part of the state. Yeah, if you've never been, you know, plan a few hours at Appalachian and then a few hours driving around or get on explore a little bit. But uh, some other interesting things I wanted to make sure we share that Julie had put together. The first uh, apple trees planted in the U.S. were by the pilgrims at Bay Colony, and they were called winter banana. Yeah, sounds kind of good, actually. I wonder that's if they now, have... That's a pollination apple. We have some winter bananas, and we oh, don't really I love them it. now, but they are used for pollination. Oh, okay. So it's not that it was what they called apples. That was just the variety of the that apple. That was the variety, yeah. That makes a lot more sense, because I sat there scratching my head. How did they ever compare a banana to an apple? <laughs> um, the oldest apple known was planted 
in 1647 in Manhattan and was producing fruit till the day it died when a train derailed and struck it in 1866. That was 219 years. Don't you love some of the trivia that you find on <laughs> when you do a little bit of research? The yeah. world's top apple producers, too, which I thought was fascinating, was China, United States, Turkey, Poland, and Italy. And I do not know if that's an order of production or pounds, but... But I, no one can get Apple Annie's banana bread. I would or, have guessed um, apple bread. China by landmass, but I never would have said Turkey, Poland, or Italy. <laughs> exactly. So we're obviously celebrating apples and peaches, and we're focused on Apple Annie's. Uh, the other question that I have for you, Mandy, again, one of the the third generation, one of the daughters, um, or the only daughter, right, of John yeah. and Annie, and. I'm curious, because even since I've known you guys and the times I've been out there, there's been a lot of change. But any new growth and expansion, it seems like you're constantly doing that. But what can someone expect? I haven't been there for a couple of years. What can I expect in 2021 that I couldn't when I think the last time I was no, out we're there? We're just was looking at doing what we do, but doing it better okay. and more efficiently. And, you know, looking at things, we're stepping back all the time, looking at things. Where are the lines? Where, are, where How can we help, you know, make things go smoother? You know, especially last year, we had to think, okay, we can't have all these lines and people in line all day, you know, um, the constant lines. So we had to really spread things out and make things run smoother, which we needed to do. And with my parents are, are looking at retiring and they're kind of stepping back. So my brother, myself, and his wife, we're more forward thinking with what, how we're wanting to go um, and change things, but really, you know, just work with what we have already. We're trying to produce more apple cider donuts. Um, we we had 45-minute waits for them last fall. Oh, my um, goodness. How can we do this better? So... You have the Disney dilemma, except mm-hmm. that the ticket prices aren't so difficult. No charge for parking or admission. <laughs> awesome. So um, I'm basically, when I bring my family, I'm going to be spending money on the product that I purchase and when I go to the store. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So free parking and all that other fun stuff. Um, wow. Your corn maze this year, is it theme-based? It is. Um, it's big in Tucson, and I know they have some um, in the Phoenix area. It's Ben's Bells, and it's promoting kindness. Oh, awesome. So it's a nonprofit called Ben's Bells. And you've had a theme-focused corn maze forever, right? Yes, we have. Because when we I... haven't. It's fun coming up with something every year, depending on what's going on. and um, yeah. How cool. big is the corn maze? The corn maze is 12 acres. Um, it has three different mazes in one, and um, it's a lot of fun. It's I, I get lost every time. Some people just can go like they have the sense, and they can just go through it, not me. I'll wander for hours. <laughs> I hope you have those tall red flags or something. Someone like me, I know I'd get lost. And I'd have have a little... On the weekends, we have corn cops that walk around out there and can help people if they get lost, because you can. It can, it can be panicky. If you so corn cops. <laughs> you know, you could get like a little uh, helium container of like three ounces and a red balloon and a string, and if somebody gets nervous, just have them... Psh- Fill up that helium balloon and just stand there, wait for your corn cop to come rescue you. (laughs) Help. No, and uh, on the information you get when you go in, we do give a phone number you can call and 
you have any issues. And basically, the website is appleannies.com? Mm-hmm, okay. yeah. Yes, and there's all sorts of information you can find there and all sorts of fun stuff. And the family should plan for, what, should they commit to half the day if you're going to do the... You know, if you're going to buy vegetables and fruit, mm-hmm. I mean... We're going to do everything. And we start, like on weekends during our festivals, we start with a pancake breakfast at the orchard. We do apple smoke burger lunches. So some people come for breakfast and maybe go to the farm and do the corn maze and pick pumpkins and some veggies and come back to the orchard for lunch and get their pies and then head home. That's a whole new level I hadn't even thought about, using the apple wood for smoking. Excellent. Well, we are going to cover health facts because there's a lot of great health benefits to apple. And the old saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, originally was written uh, in the old English as to eat an apple before going to bed will make the doctor beg his bread. Don't sit under the apple tree with anyone else but me. Anyone else but me. Our final segment here with Arizona Farm Bureau, Julie Murphy, spokeswoman, and Apple Annie's. We've got uh, Mandy Kirkendall talking apples. The original apple uh, is said to originate between Caspian and Black Sea. Is that the Garden of Eden proximity comes to mind when that statistic comes up? That may there's a connection there that has to be. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about the health benefits of apples. They've got endless benefits. Yes, all sorts of healthy things. They are fat, sodium, and cholesterol-free. Each apple has five grams of fiber and is a great source of fiber pectin. Now, what the difference between fiber and fiber pectin is, I have no idea. I'm just reading the talking points. (laughs) And most of your nutrients are going to be found in the skin, so don't pill them. Eat the skin. And, you know, so what? how does that... uh, what do, what do y'all do with all the skin you peel when you're baking, uh, Mandy? Or do you leave the skin on? No, we, we're, we're putting them in a pie. I think we're losing a lot of health benefits anyway, so we do <laughs> peel them. And we have, we have a, I don't even know how many pounds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds per week, if not thousands, once we get into the fall that we're peeling. So that produces a lot of... Um, apple cores and peels, but we have um, these animals all around here. We have deer, javelina, coyotes, so we have a deer fence around the orchard, but we go dump them on the other side for them. Uh, So you're taking care of the wildlife. I love that. (laughs) Well, any final insights or commentaries for families as they're gearing up for the fall? You know, one of our big holidays coming around the corner will be Halloween, uh, and by then I'm sure you'll have your corn maze ready or is what yeah the corn maze opens september 18th it will be open every day through october 31st um if you do come early you know in september or early october to get your halloween pumpkin it's okay just leave it on in in the shade on your front porch if there's shade or inside and don't cut it yet and it will last till um halloween easily oh awesome and one of the other things i noticed when I was there, is that you have quite a variety of pumpkins. It's not not just the orange pumpkin. I seem to have re- recalled that there were some white pumpkins, some other varieties. We do so many pumpkins. Pumpkins are my, I love, they're my favorite. Um, we have green, we have um, gray pumpkins, the warty pumpkins, um, the fairy tales. 
that are like the um, the squatty ones, the Cinderella pumpkins, um, the giants that are going to be up to 100 pounds. And then we have the little minis and little one kids. Kids like to carry their own pumpkin. You think they're going to go get the biggest one out there, but they want the one they can carry. So we have, <laughs> you know, those five-pound ones that the kiddos love to get. I love it. And for our listeners, we always put out for our members – our membership is only $59 a year. We always put out for the Choices Fall publication the list of all the farms that you can visit. And obviously, Apple Annie's has been there year after year. And we try to include times and uh, remind people where to go to get to Apple Annie's and all sorts of fun stuff. Any, th- any final thoughts on on? making it to Apple Annie's this fall? Uh, Just when you come out, I recommend um, coming earlier in the day if possible, just because, you know, you do have a little drive. You don't want to get here, you know, and and be short on time by getting here mid-afternoon. So come out earlier if you can and be prepared. It is cooler here. Sometimes we do have fall days that are pretty chilly. You might need a jacket, Um, but then we also have fall days that are warm, so you might need sunscreen. So kind of a light jacket, and you're ready to go. Yeah. We, well, you had mentioned numbers. Yes. Growing up, Mandy, and being able to calculate 25 cents per pound. And I love numbers, and Julie put a lot of fun numbers together here. A peck of apples weighs 10.5 pounds. I've never heard of a peck. What is a peck? It was new to me when I discovered How that statistic. How many it was? 10.5. So it's small. So it's a quarter of a bushel. Quarter of a bushel. See, she did go. do well in her math I did classes. The math real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and a bushel weighing about forty-two pounds will yield twenty to twenty-four quarts of applesauce. Takes thirty-six apples to create a gallon of apple cider, and refrigerated apples will last six to ten times longer than at room temperature. We've been joined with Mary Crickendall of Apple Annie's. Thank you so much for spending time opening up your Saturday morning to our listening audience, inviting everyone down to come enjoy a day of agritainment and Wilcox, great part of the state of Arizona. Uh, three great locations now that you can choose from. If you're not quite into going out and walking the corn maze, you've still got the retail store where you can get lunch and get all the great farm products there. Uh, Julie Murphy, thank you for, again, bringing arranging a a wonderful guest for us this Saturday morning. If somebody wanted to support local agriculture, you can become a Farm Bureau member. You just mentioned it a moment ago, 60 bucks a year, $5 a month. The benefits are endless. The amount of buying discounts you get, I know Sanderson Ford offers a $500 off uh, your purchase if you're a Farm Bureau member. Um, John Deere, uh, Stoats, you've got tons of uh, places you can go save money as just being a Farm Bureau, Bureau Bureau member and you're supporting the Arizona agriculture. Yes, and some of our local farmers that you can visit actually offer a discount too if you can prove your Farm Bureau membership, which we provide a card. You also can download it as an app. But we have all sorts of fun at the Farm Bureau family. azfb.org or better yet, fillyourplate.org and find local farm fresh commodities in your neighborhood. <laughs>